Dimitri Downing here back at Benzinga in Miami, indoors where it's not raining, hanging out with an amazing group of individuals. It's like the who's who of the national cannabis industry has come to Miami to hang out indoors for the day, which is kind of cool. Uh, I'm here with my co-host. George Township, Pure 5 Extraction, Better, Faster, Cheaper Extraction. Better, Faster, Cheaper. If you're not using Pure 5 Extraction, you should consider changing ASAP. But we grabbed another cool individual to join us. Uh, he's an old friend, sort of. We've, we've met so many times over the years. And we don't know that much about each other, you know? I don't know. How, unless this is the night I black out or something. <laughs> but but Curtis from Frost PLLC, which is means, what does PLLC mean? Professional Limited Liability Company. Okay. Why, why am I blanking on that? Because I knew LLC. I, I went to Not lots. a lot of states have it. Yeah. Or I don't actually how, know how many states, but... There, there's some I, that don't. I feel as if I should know that because I went to law school, but my mind's blanking me right now. I've had like five cups of coffee and I've been up for a long time. <laughs> so, Curtis, uh, you, how long have you been involved in the cannabis industry? I got involved in the cannabis industry um, late 2011. 2011. You're, so you're like one of the OGs of the cannabis industry. I mean, I've been around for some time, but I don't, I don't know if I'm an OG or not. <laughs> I know everybody knows you. Everybody looks at you like one of the leaders, like one of the experts. Let's let the audience know a little bit about your journey, how it started, and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, in the cannabis space, I mean, I'm CPA. Um, Frost is a, uh, a full-service accounting firm uh, with offices in Arizona, Arkansas, North Carolina, Florida, and Colorado. Um, I entered into the cannabis space uh, late 2011 um, with some clients that were not in the cannabis space prior, uh, but real estate developers, and, and they started getting into um, the cannabis space. And at the time, most accounting firms weren't servicing um, cannabis companies because there was a risk of losing your license at that time. Um, I think it was about 2014 when right. Colorado uh, changed that to make sure that this industry can be served without a risk of a CPA losing their CPA license. But that's how I started getting involved in the business and it's kind of stuck with me um, over the years and, and ventured out away from Colorado and now we're, we have clients in 24 or 27 states spread out and they continue to grow. Um, either, either new clients coming in or um, a lot of the clients that partner in or expand into other states themselves. So you're based in Denver still? Is that where are you, you said? I still have an office in Denver. Our our headquarter office headquarters is in Little Rock, Arkansas. Arkansas. So that's our main office is Little Rock, Arkansas. It's nope. kind of a unique place for it. That's but. like Bill Clinton country. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So so, but you're based out of where? Both Little Rock and Denver. So you travel a lot. I do. And I, I see you at the conferences, but you but for work, you're you're actually home base to travel a lot. Yeah. So yeah. it yeah, and I travel most weeks. Um, not every week, but uh, quite often because, you know, as as clients start moving into new spaces or, or they're acquiring other businesses, M&A deals and that kind of thing, if we're doing due diligence work or audit work, um, then we'll go visit those clients. Missouri's been a busy place uh, for the past couple of years. Um, so we kind of we kind of go where where we needed at the time. And as the as these businesses mature a little bit, there's there's a lot less that you have to necessarily be on site for so frost is that what percentage of the of the accounting business is uh it's cannabis what is that is like full cannabis 
All cannabis? I don't, I don't know much about Frost. No, Frost, Frost has been around for about 50 years. Um, started and, and still is a, a very strong agricultural firm, mm -hmm. and that's what it is. So cannabis itself, I mean, while it's a, um, a good business for us and, and a very strong business, and it's primarily my business, I'm almost 100% in it. Um, What's the other percent? <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, I, I have some things that I still do outside of it. Um, some other work. I do media work and and uh, in the media industry and a lot of different industries and still agriculture and, um, but there's there's a lot of demand in the cannabis space. I've been in it for long enough um, that it, it, it's continuing to absorb more and more of the time and and. Um, and it's a, it's a huge area of growth in our firm. And you guys have a number of other people that work with you. I assume you have teams that work with you. Yeah, we have groups. Uh, we have some. We do have some dedicated individuals, mainly on the tax side. Um, when it comes to audits and, and so forth, um, our audit group, we don't have a dedicated uh, team that's just for cannabis and audit. You know, they work across other industries. Um, our M&A guys um, and due diligence and so forth. They're not necessarily dedicated, but we have resources with all our offices around the country. We probably have, uh, I want to say, somewhere around 150 professionals in our organization. Um, so it gives us it gives us good reach. That's incredible. And, you know, there's a lot of young entrepreneurs, people just getting into cannabis, and uh, they don't know how important it is to keep proper books. You know, and that, that is everything. And I can, I can see that. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is because I think that there's going to be this massive wave of individuals trying to go public as soon as federal legalization happens. And I keep telling themselves, you know, people that prepare themselves for that one, two, three years in advance, because you never know when uh, six months from now, Biden might say, fuck it, I'm, it's all over, you know, and then regulations, rules, laws change. And so the publicly traded markets will be available. There'll be a flood of capital coming into this industry and individuals should be prepared for that. So I always tell people, books, 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 financial, financial, audit, financials, all that kind of stuff. Make sure you have a great CPA firm. Is that the kind of stuff that, is that like good advice? It's very good advice. And <laughs> I, I'm not an expert. I'm just, <laughs> I just host a podcast. No, no, that, no, it's good advice. It's, it's, um, you know, it's an interesting industry in that respect. I mean, there's a lot of the, uh, a lot of companies that are being proactive um, in their plan to either go public or be acquired. And that's where we're working with them to have, um, you know, clean financial statements, audited financial statements so they can go forward. And I will tell you, what, you know, that's one of the unique things. I mean, you, I'll say, I mean, we can talk about New Jersey, we can talk about Maryland, we can talk about New York or anything, but there's a lot in the past couple of years also in like the state of Missouri where, you know, you get you get these license applications, the licensees then win their license and they are giving it time to open up, start selling their product, everything like that. You know, accounting is not the first thing no, that they yeah. think about or their structure or, or what they're doing there. But um, usually after they finally get their feet under them, um, it, it's good to, to get that that in place. I mean, you're already dealing with the, the you know, 280E issue and, and taxes and everything like that. So there's a lot to get in place at a very rapid um, uh, uh, pace to get it and then trying to get those books there. And so a lot of them are coming in here with, you know, possibly wanting audits and they're not quite prepared so sometimes we'll have to go either from ourselves if we're not doing the audit or and look for another accounting firm to help with an audit prep 
or we'll audit prep for another firm. We can't do that for them. What makes the audit. cannabis accounting different than the normal accounting? What uh, our listeners need to know about? Well, some of them wants to get into the cannabis, so what they're gonna see the first obstacle? Well, I mean, there's a couple of factors that can be can be in play there. I mean, um, in terms of how their operations might keep their books and a little bit different than a, another industry um, might be their tax strategy and trying to do what they they can do to help mitigate um, the effects of 280e um, others strictly are looking to have it as any other business and it wouldn't be necessarily different but that tax that tax issue um, I mean th that's right now on the forefront of everything it, until until something happens and 280e goes away or it's delisted or, or, or something, then um, that's a huge impact on the success of a business, potential success. Of do you have to, do you, who does your taxes? Um, should be Frost, but who does Pure 5's taxes? I will have a general accountant that does uh, all the taxes together. Yeah. So I'm not directly uh, involved in the plant touching. Side. So 280E doesn't impact you? It doesn't impact And maybe real quickly you can mention what 280E means, like the, the biggest impact that it has. And it's just plant touching businesses, of course. Yeah, so 280E, as you know, the, for tamp, uh, plant touching businesses, uh, really it's a, it's a law that's in place that, uh, that was put in place in 1982 that at the end of the day, the IRS or the, the gov state US, U.S. government has said you can't take deductions against your income when filing and paying your income taxes. Right. And that's just for plant touching businesses. That's correct. Yeah, that has something to do with some sort of like criminal thing. I remember, I forgot what it was. I, sh I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't practice in, in this space. So you work with, uh, your clients range from uh, extraction companies uh, to cultivations, to delivery, to distributors, to manufacturers, to brands, to retail, you all over. The all over, yeah, all over the space in this industry. Um, most of them are, you know, there are some single store dispensaries, depending on what they have. And usually in states that are very limited licensed states. Um, but most of them are vertical operations, fully vertical in some in some um, respect or another. Uh, but we work with with MSOs, SSOs. Um, so we, we have we have kind of a whole range. That What's we an have SSO? There. Oh, same store, uh, same state. Same state operator. Yeah. Instead I of multi-state. Yeah. Why yeah, I guess same? I shouldn't have just thrown out SSO. No, no, no. I mean, everybody says MSO, MSB, multi-state brand. <laughs> yeah. But SSO, same state operator. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. I learned something today. I didn't know that was an acronym, but it, it is. In the, in the I CPA thought maybe world. it is. I hope well, it is maybe now. Maybe I made it up. <laughs> SSO. So, so you, so you work with all, all these individuals, and uh, they're, they're as, as he was saying, they're unique. Uh, they, they uniquely have to confront 280E. Um, that's that's something that's very unique to the cannabis industry. What what do you? Uh, everybody was always talking about the Safe Banking Act and how that would pass and everything would be solved and that would fix the 280E problem. I don't think the Safe Banking Act would solve the 280E problem. It's not intended to. Um, I think it's just intended to help um, keep the issues that we have in uh, the amount of cash that has to be carried by a lot of these businesses and, mm -hmm. and allow it to be banked. Um, but I, in its current form and in, in forms that I've seen before, um, 
it's not there necessarily to remove cannabis from um, schedule one or two drug. So just weird high level conspiracy level thought just to get your opinion on this. There's people out there that would say, you know, the, the federal government doesn't want wants to keep it the way it is because they're getting making a fortune in taxes right now. And if we change it, people will start to deduct stuff and they'll make less taxes and they're secretly conspiring behind the scenes to make sure, you know, what do you think of all that kind of like talk? I mean, what does it, does that make sense? Or, you know, do you think the government, the IRS, and you deal with IRS individuals, are they, mm-hmm. say, our bosses need to fix this. I mean, I, I don't know what that's like, you know, that world. I mean, I think certainly there's part of it that could have, um, a fiscal impact if they removed uh, 280E or um, removed marijuana from a Schedule One drug, but um, and you know there's probably outside the government you know institutions that benefit w- from where it is too right now, but we don't know where the government's going to take it um, if they do deschedule the drug or keep 280 take 280E away from it. Um, they might impose another tax to cover cover that too. Right. I mean, there might be a transaction uh, tax on the on the uh, on the federal side to, to help mitigate that. I I don't know if they've done any uh, fiscal impact studies, but I would think that they'd be looking at it. Are you? Yeah. Are you guys? Uh, do you guys? Uh, I imagine you probably keep track of this stuff at, at, at a certain level um, to to watch what might happen, and 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 that's a very important nuance. I think there'll be a lot of you know, congressmen and senators as members of the industry cry out, like saying, hey, you know, we need to get rid of 280E so that we can deduct our expenses and all that kind of stuff. But then the Congress, somebody, I mean, I don't know how this actually works, might say, well, you know, they're, they're used to paying such high taxes. We can um, impose a 5, 10, 15% tax anyways. And they're not going to know the difference because they're already paying that. You see what I'm saying? That's, I, I don't know any lobbyists or senators or congressmen are like actively involved in having these kind of discussions and i don't think anyone is i don't know you know yeah i'm not i'm not aware of it either <laughs> right but you see what i'm saying you know like some senator sitting up there saying well you know i heard that the 280 is costing a lot of money so they can't make any money and it's all going to us and the rs so let's just legalize and create a, a tax at 15 percent, and we'll get that and they're used to operating that way anyways so write up a bill you know <laughs> and I, I i imagine that that some of the elected officials might be thinking that, and you know, but then others will, will talk about how the, you know, too too much tax will just keep the uh, illicit market, um, you know, um, a strong market. You know, you, you make it, you, you tax it. It's, we already have a huge illicit market, so if you have the taxes there, and I know that that's discussed pretty much, um, pretty often, then that can have an impact on what legal sales would. So what are you looking for here at Benzinga? I know a lot of your friends are here. I see people coming up and talking to you and saying, hey, high five. Thanks for doing my taxes last year. I mean, you know, thanks for being my CPA. But what what, what do you find out at a conference like Benzinga? Um, Benzinga, you know, I enjoy coming here. It, it is. It's true. I do get to see a lot of clients that I don't get to see on a regular basis and, and catch up with them on a social basis. But then... Um, seeing all the other businesses and, and, and uh, services that are around and the ones that are new, um, those have been around for a while where they've evolved. I mean, the industry is continuing to evolve um, and seeing what happens. And, and, you know, Benzinga, this capital conference is mainly about capital um, and that's ever changing. And, you know, where things were last year as opposed to this year, things have tightened up quite a bit. But you kind of, you build these relationships here. Um, I think that's a big part of it. 
um, you find other people that you like to work with and, and, and hopefully want to work with you. Um, um, it's, it's, it's getting back, you know, especially after coming out of COVID uh, or the, the pandemic, you know, it's nice to, to get back with people face to face. I skipped COVID. They, kept, they, they got me for a month, <laughs> April 2020. But I was part of that crowd in Arizona with the, that was the mountainside fitness guys who were like, why are you shutting down our gyms and our yoga studios? You know, why, what are you doing here? You know, we were very rebellious in Arizona. What, what, what state were you in? Um, at that time, uh, mostly, yeah, I was in, in, uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas most of the time. So we, you know, it wasn't so bad. I mean, there was a lot, there was no major rebelliousness going on there, but it, there, it wasn't as highly restricted, but we didn't, we didn't have the same circumstances I feel as, um, some of these mostly more densely populated, you know, areas, but Phoenix is pretty, pretty densely populated too. But I will say when I went, when I go there during uh, the pandemic, it was quiet. Yeah. Well, again, actually traffic really did decrease a lot, <laughs> but that's, you know, I don't know. I, I, after, after uh, 10 years prosecuting, 10 years in the cannabis industry, one year of COVID policy, I have learned that you're, we're better off not trusting the government and erring on the side of individualism and freedom and choice and the free market, that kind of stuff. I don't know. I've just, I've just seen too much manipulation, too much bullshit. And uh, I don't know. That, that just me. I'm a libertarian like that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, mean, I don't mean to digress. So obviously, uh, except for the obvious, and, and this is what, like, so, so somebody just starts a dispensary, New Jersey, New New Jersey license, New New York license. They go, hey, Frost, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Curtis because that guy has worked with 50 other dispensaries and he's going to be able to not navigate the little nuances. It's better than going to my accountant that was doing my business over here. I should go over, over there to him. Is that an obvious truth? I really don't know. But when choosing your accountant, you can share all those nuances that are happening with the manufacturing, the cultivation, and all those little ideas that have come up over the years, last 10 years of knowledge that you've acquired and share that with new clients. Is that an obvious, is that true? That is true. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And I mean, quite honestly, there's a lot of business people in this space that then enter into the, you know, that entered into this space from elsewhere and they have other businesses as well. So they'll have accountants that still manage their other businesses, but the accountants themselves say, Hey, you know, there's a lot in here. There's some nuances in here that I'm just not comfortable with. Right. Um, and they might recommend um, going somewhere else. You know, some might, some other accountants might end up, you know, trying to do some themselves, but um, a lot, I, I get a lot of them coming to ask a consult and then review returns and then saying they would be better if they yeah. have somebody, it's just like any other industry. There's a lot of industries out there that, you know, nuances, there's farming and things like that. There's nuances in that, you know, that agricultural business that there's different, different rules. Right. Right. Well, that, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that we got to introduce you to people out there so they know who to reach out to first. I know with me that we're not plant touching. So I mean, we even, who even have a CPA. I don't know. Just, I mean, it's such a small thing that it doesn't matter. We're, we lose money anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, you know? Anyways, sorry, I, I digress. But anyone who's out there uh, who's listening to this uh, and, and wants to find... Uh, reach out to Curtis uh, because you do have that level of expect, expertise and you've dealt with all these different scenarios 
which their accountants or CPAs aren't used to dealing with. It's actually a great idea. And I really, really appreciate you joining us so that we can share that with people. How do people get in touch with you? Um, well, you can email me um, at C-W-I-N-A-R at frostplc.com. So it's F-R-O-S-T-P-L-L-C.com. Um, that's usually the best way or call. Um, just call our, uh, probably the best is to call our Little Rock office. I don't know the number offhand, but you can look us up um, and uh, somebody from that office will, will um, find a way to get in touch with me. Excellent. Well, we appreciate your expertise. And uh, Any closing thoughts, George? Well, my accounting knowledge is very high level. I don't have in-depth understanding. That's why uh, experts like Frost, I know why they are in Phoenix. I've contacted them before. Oh, so experts uh, like Frost are here to help. That's excellent. Well, that, that's actually, that's actually, uh, that's wonderful that you contacted them before. Um, okay, excellent. So this has been another episode of Media Unshackled. And thank you, Curtis, for joining us. And thank you, Frost, for letting you come to this conference and share your knowledge probably in all kinds of little interactions here or there. People are like getting all kinds of free information, right? It's a good place to get information. And, and hopefully hopefully you guys are getting some clients too. <laughs> I right. hope so. so. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dimitri. Pre appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you.